Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Sunday, February 26th. I was having to make sure I got that date right, because, you know, I've been bad lately. <laughs> quantum Mania, motherfuckers, Quantum Mania, that's all we're talking Woo! about today, that's it. Full Quantum Mania, spoilers as usual, you ought to know this by now, if you don't, then uh, welcome. <laughs> you didn't listen to the intro well so yeah we're spoiling it as i always try to do and thank god i was you know running a little late but i got it off we've got first appearances for the whole entire movie so here we go comic book first appearances we've got scott lang avengers 181 we've got hope van dyne ant-man and the wasp prelude number one now this is like the mcu version of hope van dyne in comic books the only other one that I know of is like a, from an alternate reality. So this is the one that I picked. We've got Janet Van Dyne, Tales to Astonish, number 44. Hank Pym is Tales to Astonish, number 27. Kang, Avengers, number 8. Modoc Tales of Suspense, number 94. Cassie Lang, Young Avengers, number 6. Victor Timely, Avengers, Annual, number 21. Gentura, Realm of Kings, Son of Hulk, number 1. Krylar, Incredible Hulk, number 156. Council of Kings, 267. Avengers, 267. Immortus, Avengers number 10, and Rama Tut, Fantastic Four number 19. And that's all the ones that I cared to actually like look up and find. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, meters, guys, how whelmed were you about this movie? Uh, I will say that I was actually pleasantly whelmed with it. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. I especially enjoyed it, understanding a little bit of the back history of, of Kang, even though it didn't necessarily playoff kind of like that in this movie but still knowing his story just a little bit was nice so yeah overall i was i was pleasantly whelmed okay richard i was whelmed and i gotta be honest with you if it wasn't for jonathan major's amazing performance as kang and later on in the movie i'd have been underly whelmed really yeah this movie should have been named ant-man and the wasp that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Mania. Like, <laughs> they completely forgot about every single thing that they established in the previous two movies. I'm curious to hear what you're talking about. Because like... Well, first off, a little rundown how Pym Particles, for those who need a refresher course, uh, it shrinks the space between atoms. So the, the amount of space between two atoms gets smaller and smaller when they shrink. So that's why he still has the density of a full-grown man, but it's punching a teeny tiny little point. Yeah. They established that in the first movie, which I've always never really liked Ant-Man for this exact reason, because once, once you start pulling on that thread on pin particles, the whole fucking sweater unravels. <laughs> so when he turns into giant man, technically it's a ginormous man with the same mass and density of a grown man. So he shouldn't technically be able to like smash things and do all that. But whatever, I'll suspend that just for the movie. But the other thing that they established when, I think it was in, uh, I don't know if it was in the second Ant, yeah, it was in the second Ant-Man movie. When uh, they're establishing like growing big takes like a big toll on you and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't work that way when they're in the fucking quantum realm because he's still tiny. Yeah. Just really, 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 really tiny now. 
So he now just got a little bit bigger. You know what I mean? So like <laughs> none of that works. And also the, they established that like the helmets, actually, I don't know if they even did this in the movie. I, I can't remember if it was like the director or something, but like they established that they have to wear helmets because when they shrink down, they're smaller than the oxygen molecules. So they can't breathe air so they need to always wear the helmets but everybody and their fucking mom is just throwing helmets off left and right and I'm, or not even in a fucking suit and i'm just like they're dead they're all dead they should all just die immediately well they even made that reference in the movie like yeah we sh this shouldn't this isn't right we should all be dead right now like yes they even they even pointed that out so i, I don't know <laughs> i was pleasantly whelmed by the movie mm, nice because you know, we had all the stuff going on with the previous phase. Yeah. And how that phase was dealing with grief. Yeah. And how, like, even though that phase was supposed to be dealing with grief, everything had to be a comedy for some reason. And all the trailers for everything were so hype and so lit. Oh, my God. But, like, when we went to go watch all the stuff, it sucked. <laughs> Not sucked. But, I mean, it just, yeah. it didn't deliver. You know what I mean? Like, the trailer, like, over-delivered whatever we were getting. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. I have my beefs with it, but in general, like I thought it was a really good movie and a really good start to a new phase. Uh, you mentioned the trailer. One of the things that really triggered me about this movie is the trailer leads us to believe that Scott is going to make a deal with Kang to get more time with Cassie, the time yeah. that he lost when he was in jail <laughs> and all that. All that shit was fucking edited and it was Jan that he was talking to. It was a lie. It was a lie from the beginning. And it just irritated me because it's more interesting than just the trope of like, oh, I'm going to kill your daughter. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, there's a lot that I have issues with. Like this isn't, well, okay. It's better than Love and Thunder. Right. I'll say that. <laughs> right. Like it's way better than yeah. leaps and bounds better than Love and Thunder. But there was just so much that was weird and broken. And I didn't notice it. But upon rewatching it the second time, there was like weird hard edits in a lot of scenes and stuff like that. Like uh, when they first arrived to the quantum realm, it's like Hope, Janet and Hank. I don't know, they 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 see some kind of weird stingray thing and it's like hard cut to Cassie and Scott who just got captured and he's all like, Cassie, where are you? What are, What's happening? And she's like, dad, drink the red thing. Hard cut to Janet, Scott or whatever. And you're like, wait, what is that? Stop this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I hated that. I And that it was that Cassie one in particular of dad drink the, the ooze or the goo or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts away again. I was like, why the fuck are we cutting away right there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like this isn't, I don't feel like anybody's in danger, really. Like, especially if Cassie's sitting there saying, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I didn't like that. I'm with you on that one. I didn't like that one at all. I also don't like the trope of Cassie having this, like, animosity towards Scott because I didn't come up with this idea, but I was listening to Hassan from, uh, what, I'm trying to remember what their channel's called, but... um Absolute Comics or Absolute Marvel and DC. Anyway, he was talking about the previous two Ant movies. It's always... Team Cassie and Scott. Like, they're always championing each other. It's like, Dad, I love you. And he's like, yeah, I love you too, Peanut. Blah, blah, blah. So this movie should have been like Janet, Hope, and Hank were against what Cassie was doing. Like the whole like, oh, I went in prison for whatever, doing something. I, for, I forget what it was like, helping homeless people. Yeah. And Scott should have been the one being like, you got arrested? That's amazing. You know, like that whole thing. And 
it should have been the reverse because that's the way it's been the entire time. And it just really, really, really annoyed me. And like to add on to that, her whole like, you know, what have you done lately? And it's like, bitch, I saved the goddamn world. Let me have a moment to relax. <laughs> <laughs> like, what can Ant-Man do for homeless people? <laughs> Shrink them down, throw them in the quantum realm? <laughs> Apparently supply them with a bunch of food. I know yeah. that much. Like, Well, that's, to me, that's also, I get what they're doing with like current day things with, with certain stuff. But at yeah. the same time, it's like, this is a world where literally, I think in one of the, Iron Man movies, they talk about like IntelliCrops and all this stuff like homeless people in Hungary, like people going hungry and stuff like that shouldn't exist in a MCU world. Because like you said, he could like whatever, make a steak the size of a fucking house. And then there you go. I fed a whole village. Like whatever. Yeah, cloudy with a chance of meatball stuff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I will say as far as like the Cassie Scott relationship, I kind of, I don't know if it's because I I have an older daughter. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. I've kind of gone through that, like, teenage phase and stuff like that. Right. But, like, I see that whole aspect of, like, a daughter trying to live up to a father's expectations or what they think is a father's expectations. And then, like, the dad being like, look, like, be better than me kind of thing. Like, I, I don't want, like, I love you so much. And I I don't want you to have to go through the same stuff that I went through, like, be better than me. So, like, that didn't really throw me off. I kind of see it. it, especially with Scott, like, seeming to finally get his life turned around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even in, even when they did get captured, he was like, oh, you've been in jail three times now. Look, I've been in four. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he, he still brings back the comedy of that, but it's like, it's not what he wanted. Yeah. He never wanted to be incarcerated again. Like, <laughs> yeah. Which I said, he would probably get incarcerated because he's been incarcerated in every single movie he has been in in the MCU. You're right. You said, uh, what was it, quantum jail or something like that? Quantum prison? (laughs) He was in quantum prison. That's funny. As far as the trailer being a lie, I'm 100% with you because we always say Feige is a liar and that's why we should have a shirt that says Feige is a liar. (laughs) I mean, it kind of goes with the theme of the movie too, though, apparently. But Janet, like, not telling the whole truth and all that kind of stuff. So, well, the, that's the that's another thing that really annoyed. Like, she was treating him like he was fucking Voldemort. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one would say his fucking name. I know that that annoyed the mess out of me, too. He was like the conqueror, him, he, whatever. And so, getting into like leaks and stuff back when I was reading it, there was a point and it got edited out because when rewatching it, the leak said, Janet calls Kang Nathaniel. Like she uses the name Nathan or Nathaniel. Oh. And when she grabs the neural link or has the neural link with the ship, she's like, who's Kang? And that makes sense. But we never got that scene. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff that got cut on the editing floor and I don't know why. I'll just skip to it. But the ending was supposed to be way darker. Like it was supposed to be Kang, I think, gets, like, killed, and Scott and Hope were trapped inside the quantum realm, and there's no portal that opens up, and they come and save them, and the movie ends with Cassie, like, at a computer, like, trying to figure out a way to save them, and then something, like, comes up on a monitor, and then it just, like, rolls to credits. Yeah. I'll say that. Like, that That kind of, whenever... 
the two of them got like trapped in there for the like half a second. I kind of thought that that was what, and I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm not really that worried because it's just, it's gotten hope stuck down there. So I'm, I was like, I'm sure they'll be able to figure out some kind of way. And then of course you got the other three that were up there. And so, I mean, I fully honestly expected it to kind of just that be the end of it, but not just like, like I said, like half a second later, the portal pops up. But in the same time, I'm like, wouldn't the thing have been like destroyed whenever all of them got sucked in and all that like blew up in the downstairs anyway? I mean, that's really quick to kind of get it back up online. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I hadn't even thought about that till now because like everything in that room, it looked like got sucked into the quantum realm. Yeah. Yep. I so thought about you, Richard, when I was watching when everything was getting sucked in there <laughs> and it was the, the ant farm that we just got to see. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, look, it's Chekhov's ants. Like, those are totally going to be used later <laughs> yeah. on. Well, I don't know if y'all know the term deus ex machina, but I have a term now called deus ant machina. And, like, that is literally what happened in this movie. <laughs> it's just like, don't get me wrong, I like them incorporating ants. They're like, things that I like. Let me talk about things that I like. <laughs> I still have some things I don't like, but things I like. Everything with the, I'm trying to remember what it's called, the probability storm or zone or whatever that's called. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And it, like, story-wise, it makes sense because Kang, like, why can't Kang just grab the pin particles and go in there? Because Kang's scared of variants of himself. He's worried that Kang, like, the other versions of those Kangs would straight up, like, kill him. So that's why he sends Scott in. And that's a cool, like, show, not tell. Then the, I, I talked about it during the trailer, but I liked how the thousands of Scott Langs are built up and it's like a callback to when the first Ant-Man happened and he's getting into the water pipe. I thought all that was neat. I even like the funny little joke with the Baskin and Robbins version <laughs> of him. I thought that was quite funny. That got a chuckle out of me. Yeah. I thought the Baskin and Robbins one was funny, but like I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> because like it's like in there was supposed to be like a multiple of like every outcome of what you could do if you took a step left if you took a step right if you took a step back yeah if you said this so at what point in time would he have said fuck it and gone back to baskin robbins you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) one of the million possibilities (laughs) where he's just like you know what it's not worth it screw it all i'm going home i'm gonna go work for baskin robbins and be done (laughs) like i'm just (laughs) we'll get my free ice cream i assumed it was a like Somehow it was a version of Scott where he was working at Baskin and Robbins and just got sucked into the quantum realm. But yeah, I don't know. I, I like I, I agree with what you're saying. Like it's more of a like at that moment in time. Right. That's what I thought, anyways. So what did y'all think of since you know we've kind of talked a little bit about Kane? What did y'all think about Kane? What did y'all think about Jonathan Major's like version of Kane? You know, we've had the the luxury i guess of being able to see he who remains and uh we got to see other versions of kane in this as well like did y'all enjoy like that he's being able to put his own spin on this character as to the infinite possibilities that there are yeah i did and i liked when during watching it, he was talking about how they trapped him and they did this and in my mind i was like talking about the timekeeper i mean just because that's the only thing i could think of really since we just read that that comic that you know was the timekeepers that were basically trying to get him and Immortus or whatever. They were kind of controlling that whole thing. But yeah, I liked being able to see all the 
all the different versions of him and then trying to really understand if he if if he really was the only one that was going to be like saving him from that uh whatever was coming but if he was he did a terrible job of representing himself (laughs) i um so the first half of it i was just kind of like this doesn't really feel like kang but whatever he's doing something here but at the end of the movie when he's all like you know I i think it's when he's in the like his throne room if you will talking with janet and he's all like, that's what conquerors do. Like, I was like, this is comic book Kang. This is the Kang that has bravado. <laughs> and he's just like, and then when he's uh, attacking Ant-Man and, and stuff before the ants take him over and he's like, you know, you're nothing. Like, I, I, you're, you're Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm a master of time. I loved all of that. The, so the post credit scene, I... <laughs> when I when I saw it, I was like, especially the Immortus voice. I don't like the Immortus voice. <laughs> Whisper talk. Okay, so was that one supposed to be Immortus? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Whisper talk. I was like, oh no, what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, it looked like a Key and Peele sketch with Ramata, uh, Immortus, and allegedly Scarlet Centurion, even though he's not Scarlet. So I guess he's. Silver Centurion, not to be confused with the Iron Man suit, but uh, right. <laughs> yeah. The other stuff I liked, I like the weird, like unhinged versions of Kang that are just like cheering and going nuts in the Coliseum. This honestly got me high. Like the only reason this isn't an underly wound is because of Jonathan Majors. Like for me, just because I have been dying to see his take on Kang because we were tickled, you know with a little feather. We were teased, if you will, in Loki, and I've been dying to see Kang. So we finally got it. I was really excited. So yeah. Okay, so speaking of the Council of Kangs, the, the post-credit scenes that we get, that's yeah. that's the coming danger. That's the Kang dynasty that's coming. Right. So that's what Kang was talking about when he's talking to Janet about and, and Ant-Man about the coming dangers and stuff like that and how they're going to come and take over and stuff. Did y'all notice the apparatus and how they were getting into the council. Yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) It looked very much like Reed Richards, how he teleported in when he joined the, the Illuminati and Dr. Strange and multiverse of madness. Oh, yep. And with Nathaniel Richards being Reed Richards father, like, it's very much like, okay, does he know his dad? Did his dad make that before he left? Like, how uh, is this? Yeah. yeah. So. Well, like, also the TVA, who was created by He Who Remains, which is another Kang variant, their portal, it opens similar, simu- that's, a, that's a hard word to say, Richard. <laughs> 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 Similarly to how the Reed does. And I think it's supposed to invoke, because Doom in the comics has a time travel platform, he mentioned it slightly in the comic we read the previous week. So I think that's what it's supposed to be invoking. But yes, absolutely. I noticed that. It was really cool. I like when they're doing, you know, continuity tying in with other stuff. I like that part. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm hyped for Jonathan Majors. I I'm so glad they got him to play anything, honestly. But yeah, I'm I'm so down for him playing Kang. Uh the whispering, whatever, didn't really bother me yet. But if I have to go a whole movie with that, then I may like not like it very much. Yeah. So trust me, it's going to get grading real quick. <laughs> what did y'all think about Modoc? Darren Cross's Modoc. Oh my God. 
I, lo- I loved that whole thing, honestly. Like, I thought that was that was hilarious. I mean, it was fun just just watching him, but uh, like then just having Scott pick on like the oh, I just noticed your baby legs, like and all that. <laughs> <laughs> he said something like, "It looks like you're you've got a Bjorn." <laughs> like, <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious, and then like. At the end, whenever he was he was dying, and he put his like his hand on Scott's face, and it's like you could just see Scott like, "Ew, I don't, I don't want it to touch me." Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> to me, I'm fine with it. Like in some aspect, the thing that the thing that I had to pick on that is just once again, what is Marvel doing with their their budget on like special effects? Like in some scenes, he looks fine. In the other scenes, he looks like a goddamn like Eldridge horror. Like he looks like a sleep paralysis <laughs> demon. Especially that one where he like comes through Kang's force field and is all like, I'm not a dick or whatever. I was just like, fucking whoa, dude, Jesus. That also, that annoyed me. Is like, oh, all of a sudden he's a good guy. Make him a villain. Who, why does he have to be a good guy in the end? Yeah. So he could die an Avenger. Exactly. No, he's not. He's not an Avenger. <laughs> If the running gag is that Deadpool has never been an Avenger, then why the fuck would you make Modoc an Avenger? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I liked when he had the like face shield down and then he'd reveal himself. They'd be like, Darren? <laughs> there was a lot of people doing that. I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. This is the best version we'll probably ever get of Modoc because, I mean, not looking wise, like I said, there's certain scenes that look great, but others don't. But like, this is the only real way you could do it. And I get that. That's fine. I don't need him for every single movie. I was happy that we got a MODOK. I I like the joke of, uh, you know, he's like, oh, it's an acronym. Yeah, it's an a-. And then he's like, well, really, that'd be MODOK. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that part was really funny to me. And like whenever he was down in the, uh, and whenever he was in the realm of possibility or whatever, and he started trying to call Darren, like, Darren, Darren. And then he finally <laughs> just gave up and he's like, Modoc. <laughs> yeah. I honestly thought he was a waste. I liked him when he had his face shield down and stuff yeah. like that. I thought I was like, okay, this this feels like Modoc to me. Yeah. But then like it was like he had a whole other personality whenever it was up. And like I just like I like how they tied Darren into it. I will say that. Like I like how they did that and used the bumblebee and all that jazz. I like that he got his gym. I know it's not used the same way necessarily, you know, as it is, but I'm fine with it not being like using telepathy or whatever to move things to yeah. like it's just for blasting i'm cool with that didn't like that he became a, a good guy at the end it was funny but i didn't care for it yeah same cassie saying it's never too late to stop being a dick <laughs> was great i thought that was awesome but yeah i just i don't know because to me like modok opened the door for mojo and, like, when you bring Mojo in, that opens the door for so many other mutants and stuff like that. That Not necessarily that you have to have Mojo for that, but, like, then you have Mojo World and you have, like, just, like, his creations kind of coming out and stuff. So, yeah, I just feel like it's another, like, MCU has to kill off the villains. So, here we go. Yep. Even really important ones like Kang. <laughs> so, is he dead, though? To be honest with you, I'm going to say no. I think he's going to come back. But I had an epiphany. Literally, that's what I wrote down in my notes. I had an epiphany. Um, (laughs) uh, I had an epiphany last night while brushing my teeth. I was like, what if? Now, help me out. Maybe this doesn't work, but maybe it will. Okay, time for him is like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly bullshit. (laughs) What if 
because he mentions in the movie, he's like, which Avenger? Are you the one with the hammer? I don't know. You all blur together. Yeah. Like, what if this is the moment that Kang dies, but this isn't the last time we'll see that version of Kang fight the Avengers? That's true. Oh, yeah. That's true, because, I mean, he's displaced throughout time. Exactly. So, and honestly, my thought process was like, yes, it looks, it absolutely looks like he's dead. Yeah. So if if they come back and they're like, he's dead, I'm like, okay, cool. You said it. I'm good with it. But it's like he got absorbed into his mind or into his memories. You know what I mean? Because like when Janet touched that orb and stuff like yeah. that and the housing for it, it's like she was able to see all of his memories then and all the things that he had done. And that's what stopped her from getting the orb to him. So like, what if he is just back in his memories at that point in time? Like what if he's just in a deeper whatever or displaced in a memory at some point in time? So what I kind of thought would happen is he got sucked back down because they used those discs on the thing multiple times in the movie. I thought he got sucked into the the probability zone and maybe he's just fighting an endless variance of himself. Wow. And when he gets out, he'll be like, all right, you know, it's like Goku in the fucking what, hyperbolic time <laughs> chamber. And he's like, I've trained for thousands of years killing my variants. I'm ready. <laughs> That's great. All right, then. Well, for such a big person, such a small role, what are your thoughts of Bill Murray as Krylar? Oh, my God. Yeah, I was going to, I thought about bringing it up when you mentioned him in first appearance, but his whole, they made such a big deal about, like, we got Bill Murray. You know, I remember when it was announced that Bill Murray was in this movie. I'm like, his entire scene could have been cut. You didn't need it at all. No. Right? (laughs) All you, all you learn from that is that apparently Janet had needs that need to be met. Yeah. There. Which also on that point, are they implying that she also maybe had sex with Kang while she, I mean, she had needs. They spent a lot of time together. <laughs> it seems like it would have been a better choice. <laughs> <laughs> Way more charming. I'm just saying. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's actually human. Well, I mean, Krylar seemed to be human, but like they just didn't know of that word. Yeah. Well, he, he said he was just human in all the ways that mattered. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So he was saying like, I've got a penis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and looking at, at Hank and, and Hope and being like, yeah, I like pipe to her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, what about Cassie, y'all? What about Cassie's progress? We talked about her a little bit on this. Um, what do y'all think as far? Because I know that like that's one of the big things is we keep every time we get something. Oh, we have to build up the young Avengers. We have to build up the young Avengers. They're coming. They're coming. These little shits are coming. So like, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I, that was gonna be one of the, one of the things I was going to bring up is I actually really enjoyed her in in this one. I thought she did a good job. I think she and like the chemistry between her and Paul seemed to to go well. And yeah, I think she was a good pick for Cassie in this one. Um, I did not. <laughs> I, mean, I thought their chemistry was quite bad in some scenes. I don't understand once again why they needed this girl instead of the other one. But whatever, you know, it is what it is. We can't change it now, or can we? With Kings, anyway. Yeah, you, I mean, the, she's a scroll. <laughs> there you go. Hey, actually, that works. Uh, there was there was even a meta joke with uh when Modok sees her. He's like, Cassie, I didn't even recognize you. 
It was like her, 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 her. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel bad for the other actors. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, I've said what it, like the parts I didn't like were the the teen angst stuff. Her whole speech was really cringy to me because like when she's like motivating the troops, whatever, to attack Kang. Uh, and also when she's like, Dad, we gotta help these people. I'm like, bitch, you don't even know if these are terrorists. You just <laughs> met them. <laughs> there were some moments that also which it makes sense uh looking this up. This there were some moments in this movie. Sorry to change subjects for a second, but it felt like a Rick and Morty episode. Did it not? <laughs> like it really did. And turns out the writer of this, his name's Jeff Loveless, is a Rick and Morty writer. <laughs> he wrote a ton, like not a ton, but he wrote, I think, like six episodes. Okay. The one that I can remember, he did the Vat of Acid episode in the most. Oh, yeah. One of the most recent episodes, seasons, I mean. But yeah, like, they're, the thing that I liked around the movies when they met the like resistance fighters and, you know, the joke of like, how many holes do you have? And I love that like <laughs> pause where he's got to like count how many. I thought that was really funny. The, the house, when he talks about the house being alive and he's like what are your are your buildings dead and <laughs> like i thought that was funny that all felt very rick and morty-esque but anyway yeah back to your thing I, yeah i don't i didn't like her i'm sorry i don't the also she had the suit but she didn't use the suit until like when they're getting attacked like you know remember when they're falling and he has to like use the suit to turn into giant man to save her she had the suit the whole fucking time and she didn't like what right yeah i don't what is happening with this movie <laughs> I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I didn't like, so I didn't like when she got giant. I did, but at the same time, like, she didn't have the same effect as, like, Scott when we first saw him get giant. Yeah. So, unless she's, like, going and practicing, which I guess is a possibility, or has read all these notes and stuff like that, like, she's her body's still not used to it, though. Like, she'd have to go and try and practice and stuff like that to work out whatever. So, like, I don't even think the note factor of it would, like, make sense. Yeah. I don't like that she can last, you know, giant size or whatever. I like they brought up the citrus stuff and stuff (laughs) like that again. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I like her attitude. I don't like that, like, and maybe she's just going to be a quantum genius, and I guess I can be okay with that. But I don't like that everybody, like, and I say everybody, not every, but, like, we've already got Riri. We've already got Shuri, like, and now we're going to have Cassie. Yeah, which I mean, I guess you need somebody to possibly navigate the quantum realm as if there's only just going to be the young Avengers. Like you need somebody that can show potential to do that. But I, I'm, this whole idea of everybody has to be intelligent is just it's bothersome because like the Avengers are not all intelligent. Like Captain America is not the smartest guy. He's just the most courageous. Yeah. And Thor is the battle warrior. You know what I mean? Like, he's not the smartest. He doesn't have to be stupid like he is in his movies, but he's not the smartest. Banner is smart, Mm -hmm. and he's dealing with a demon the whole time. Like, you know what I mean? Himself. And then you got Tony Stark. You know, so, like, not everybody has to be smart that's on the Avengers. No, I. uh, you reminded me. That was one of the things that I did not bring up, but that was one of my complaints with Cassie is the thing that you said when we were talking about it during the trailer is the... Hank says the exact line. She made a Hubble telescope for the quantum realm. Yes. And, and, and she did it in a basement. And I immediately went, but did she do it in a cave with a box of scraps? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> because how, why does everybody, yeah, why does everybody have to be like Tony level genius now? I like, 
That was so annoying to me. I'm like, she's barely, whatever, 18. And all of a sudden, like, <laughs> it made me think of the Men in Black line when, you know, he's doing the little, like, shooting gallery and he shoots the, like, girl and he's like, a, a white girl walking around at night with quantum <laughs> physics books? She's <laughs> fixed to be up with something, Zed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It made yeah. me think of that. Like, ah, it was so dumb. It was so dumb to me. He's just over there working out. How would I feel if I was somebody walked in and bust my ass while I'm on a treadmill? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but yeah, those were my biggest beasts with Cassie. Um, I have something to to pass by y'all. Okay. Okay. Just to really actually nerd out here for a minute. And I'm talking about like this is gonna be quantum galactic nerding here, okay? Okay. <laughs> what if this movie just retconned Star Wars into the Marvel MCU. And the reason I say that is because if you look at the, a lot of the attire that this movie has, it's very Star Wars Whoa. looking attire. I agree. Okay. And also in this, also in every Star Wars movie, pretty much it starts off with in a galaxy a long time ago, far, far away. Like, <laughs> what, what if that's what this is? What right. if? What if Star Wars happens in the quantum realm? I hope not. Like, that is, <laughs> at this point, if, if that truly is something that happens, that's a fun thing to theorize, but if that really comes to fruition, I'm done with the MCU. I'm done with Star Wars. I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> I will become a hermit, and I shall go into the mountains to never be seen or heard of again. Like, that is... Uh, I, yeah, you you know what? I'm glad you said that. I had the same thought as well. I was like, at one point, like when they're walking into the cantina and stuff and they got this garb, I was like, are we watching a Star Wars movie now? Like, this feels very Star Wars-ian. Yes! Yeah, I was like, this reminds me a lot of Obi-Wan. Like, yeah. this, them whole going into the town, them walking around, seeing all the people, and like, mm -hmm. I was like, this really reminds me of Obi-Wan right now. Like, we hear, do, 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 do. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, a little like jazz or whatever behind. <laughs> I, I love that Hope sat there and turned that little little squid guy in the cup into like this massive monster that just start like took over and started eating people. Or I, I don't even know if they were eating people. But was like, it Hope? I thought it was Hank. Either one of them. I don't care who okay. it was. I thought it was Hope because she was the last one to get on because she was like flying or whatever. I thought it was Hank because he kisses the he like looks over at Krylar he kisses the disc yeah and then he throws it into the okay into the uh, okay whatever the cup whatever yeah the fuck that thing's called <laughs> that make yeah so yeah like I love it when when that when he did that that was just I thought that yeah, was great that was great back on the CGI one of the notes I had was at the very beginning those suits looked real wonky did anyone else notice that like when Scott's narrating the movie. Like, you know, it's doing the Welcome Back Connor song, you know. Which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah, that was, that made me chuckle. But, uh, and he's narrating and there's like a moment when he's like, I don't know, putting the moves on Hope and she activates the suit, he activates the suit. It looks real bad. Like, real, real bad. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice that one either. But I, I got to watch, I was like, of course they would sit there and like, go do lunch on top of <laughs> like, you know, the bridge and stuff like that. Like, if you had suits like that, and like, why would you not go do fun stuff like that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I thought that was great. Did either one of y'all also get like Thor Ragnarok vibes when watching this? Yes. Like, what do you mean? 
So like for for me, it was like we had a revolution going on. Very Thor Ragnarok. The battery head guy, I was like, oh, well, that's this version's Korg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then like the little goo guy, I was like, that's Meek right there. Like those are that's there's Korg and Meek, like, and we got a revolution going on. (laughs) You you know, you say that, and it's so funny when I was like scrolling through Reddit to see what other people were kind of thinking, a lot of people brought up that exact thing. So you're not the only one. Yeah. (laughs) They were saying not Korg and not Meek. I call him battery head and goo guy. Yeah. <laughs> goo guy. <laughs> or gal. I mean, I don't care. Goo person. I, it doesn't matter to me. Like, No, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I just think that's funny. Goo guy. Goo guy. I would really love if that's his name. Like in the credits. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I forgot to mention this. You know, we didn't get Luis. We didn't get Luis. Yeah. I know. Or we didn't get anybody in the crew, but the, uh, the like Russian guy. Yeah. That was in there. You know, he's the polka dot man in the other yes. stuff. Oh, yeah. He did the voice for Goo Guy, if you will. Okay. Oh. Cool. Yeah. I thought that was neat. Yeah. I miss not seeing T.I. Yeah. He's one of my favorite rappers. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much like all I've got, y'all, as far as like this movie is pretty straightforward. I mean, the biggest ties to other things for me were like Kang. So, Richard, I'm sure you've got a good list going on over there you know, likes, dislikes, things like that. Believe it or not, we got through most of them. The only other thing that I forgot to mention is just the how they forgot what happened in the last movie. Because, like, Janet's all like, let's not talk about the quantum realm. Let's not go near the quantum realm. Don't even say quantum to me. But in the last, the very last movie, which is annoying because it's been the same director throughout the entire, like, trilogy, if you will, they were gonna go into the quantum realm to get quantum energy for Ghost. Yeah. So why all of a sudden now she's like, no, 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 no. It just, I feel like, I don't know. Uh, supposedly this movie was supposed to come out in July and it was supposed to have more time. Also, I've learned recently that they took a lot of the uh, special effects team and put them on Wakanda Forever. And I think that's due to Wakanda Forever was tracking better. In other words, it was going to make more money. So they wanted it to look even better. <laughs> And, and they failed. Yeah, they, they they failed in a couple of scenes. But yeah, and then this one, it's a mess. And like we sing, I do. I, like I, I'm a I'm a Marvel apologist. I'll be the first one to admit it. But we sing Kevin Feige's praises. But at the same time, we've we've also talked about this, and it's it's time to, to have this talk. It's like quality over quantity. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have I'd like to have fewer movies that are better written, better made. Like. What happened in the Infinity Saga was fantastic on the most part. There's a few bad ones here or there, but they at least all looked good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is a hot mess so far that we've been getting. <laughs> There's been some good, some bad, some okay. And it's like, what are we doing here? I, I don't know if it's just like people over Kevin Feige are like, you got to get it out. We got to keep this money machine rolling. But yeah, it's like, stop. <laughs> That's what I was all um, like wondering, almost like if they just wanting to pump out as much as possible just so they don't lose like the momentum of the fans or whatever. But I mean, in the same thing, as far as that is, if you if you put stuff out that's just not good, then you're going to lose them faster. Yeah. Like they might get around to watching it later, like, you know, a year after it get releases or something like that. But if they, if they don't actually start producing it better than yeah it, i could see not going well well i was watching a uh a youtube show and 
of course it's comic book related, but like they were asking you know, like, Hey, are you going to go see quantum mania or have you seen it yet? Or and the guy was like, no, nah, I'm going to wait for Disney plus just because he said, usually his family is the one that kind of drives whether or not they go to the movie. He said, nobody in my family really wanted to go see it. And like, if I go and it's garbage, then I've just wasted all that money. Yeah. Whereas like, if I just stay home, I'm already paying for Disney plus anyway. <laughs> so like, why not do that? Yeah. Yeah. That is also, and we haven't even talked about this on the podcast, but there's been a change up of CEOs. They're they're back to Bob Iger because the previous CEO, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, they lost a shit ton of money due to yep. Disney Plus. Like a shit ton of money. Wow. But yeah, I like back to what you were saying. Yeah, uh, tickets, two tickets was almost forty dollars to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was thirty eight bucks Jeez. just for two tickets. Hot damn. Yeah. So I was just like, and my wife really honestly didn't want to see this movie. She was just like, this does not really entertain me. She's like, I'll go see it. Uh, she did like it more but than what she thought, but that's because she went in with like low expectations. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know what's happening, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, you know, we got that that announcement pretty much after Wakanda Forever, but before Ant-Man was dropped. Yeah. That they were going to start focusing more on quality instead of quantity. Right. So, like, you know, then we started getting the trailers for the Ant Man and stuff like that. And I said it then, like, the only thing that scares me is the statement of quality over quantity came out. Like, they didn't have time to fix anything with Ant Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it was already, Ant Man was already set in stone. Like, that was already going to be what it was. That was my biggest fear. But for me, it worked out well. You were saying you took your wife, Richard. I took mine as well. And she has, like, Ant-Man has been her least favorite in all of the MCU. And mm -hmm. she actually really liked it. So, wow. We did our first couples review on uh, the YouTube channel. And so that'll be dropping this this upcoming week. Oh, cool. oh, nice. So something fun to check out. Yeah. So, yeah. We don't go as deep dive into this as we did here. But, I mean, it's, you know, kind of close. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, like, she knows nothing of like, you know, any of these like actual characters and stuff like that. She's like, I mean, even when I sit there and I ask her about Kane, she's like, I mean, I've heard you talk about Kane, but like, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious to know what she thought of Kane. Cool. But yeah. I'll watch the video. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say too, like one of the, I meant to mention earlier, like one, one of the things that helped with the movie as well is that, you know, I, I still got to see Brie Larson. She was in, oh in the trailer for Fast oh Ten. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Jesus. <laughs> Did you see where uh, Shuri took her spot in the Marvel logo? I think she was in the V as the Black Panther. Oh really? Yep. No, I didn't. I didn't catch that. I did notice that it was towards the end. I'll say this much: I enjoyed Quantumania over Wakanda Forever, and I'm not scared to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't I don't know why you would be scared, but I did not. <laughs> and I don't really <laughs> like Wakanda forever either. But god damn, like it's a sad movie. That's the main reason why I don't like it. But yeah. uh, this to me, I don't know, man. To me, this movie's a mess. <laughs> this thing's a hot mess. <laughs> it's not a dumpster fire like Love and Thunder, but it's Ooh. pretty it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, Love and Thunder is yeah. Yeah. Fuck that movie. Yeah, that one was, that one was rough. 
All right, is that well, how about this? How about this? I know we got two end scene credits. Of course, we got the Council of Kings. We're pretty sure that's where it's going as far as like King Dynasty. Uh, we got Loki and Mobius in Mobius it's hunting down Victor Timely, which I assume will be Loki season two. Yeah. So outside of those things, is there anything else that we're hoping to see? Is there anything else we think's coming? I no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like as far as Kang related or Kang related? I mean, I, it doesn't seem like much anything else is related to Kang. Like, yeah. Seek, we're gonna get so the rest of the year is uh not secret or secret, secret invasion. invasion. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna get. Two more movies, if I'm not mistaken. The Marvels and... Guardians 3. Guardians 3, yeah. As long as we don't get the the uh, uh, Avengers Forever that we just read, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's one more TV show, but I can't remember what we're it is. We're getting Loki. The, the two TV shows, we're getting Loki Season 2 and Secret Invasion. That's right. And the three movies left over are... Excuse me, not three movies. Two more movies is going to be Guardians, which I think is in May. I think you're right. And then they bumped the Marvels to November because they're supposedly wanting to, like, I guess, fix the VS VFX stuff in that is supposedly what I read. Good. Recently. Yeah. Because all three of those women have some super VFX. So yeah. yeah. That shit better be on point. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I'm, um, I got to be honest with you. I'm excited about like some DC movies coming out more than I am any of the Marvel movies this year, yeah. which is like, that's a lot. Yeah. For our listeners, that's a lot. Which um, ones are you excited about? Uh, the Flash. We'll, we'll do an episode on that. But yeah, The Flash, uh, as much as I hate Ezra Miller, I'm excited about that movie. Yeah, I'm just spoiling what we're going to talk about in another episode. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we'll, go, we'll deep dive in. Yeah. But um, Guardians I'm excited for because this is supposedly the send-off for the Guardians and everything. It won't tie into Kang. I'm trying to think of the next... The only thing I could think of that ties into Kang is maybe Captain America. That's the only thing I can think of right now. Other than like Fantastic Four, Kang Dynasty, and Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we don't even have all the titles of stuff that's coming out and other stuff that we're going to be talking about probably next episode is how they've shifted shit around some more yeah. because of the whole quality over quantity. So like they've moved dates around, they've canceled some things, not canceled, but have put stuff on indefinite weights. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if we actually get those properties and when we get them. But we'll talk about that all that next week, probably I would assume. Yeah. That's the only thing I can, the only thing Loki season two is definitely going to have Kang in it. looks like yeah. Victor yeah. timely Kang. I've heard rumors of other Kangs being there. So maybe Mr. Griffin or something like that. But I don't see a reason for Kane to be in the Marvels. I don't see him to be in Secret Invasion. I don't see him to be like in any of the other properties that are coming. So I would love that, though, personally. I would love for him to start pop. Since there's variants, I would love to have <laughs> variants popping up left, right, and center. That would be cool to me. Yeah. So, but would you want them like trying to interfere and conquer? Or would it just be like, oh, that's a Kang variant. And then just be on the lookout for that person for the rest of the time. Like yeah, a Waldo. Like. I think, it, well, no, like what I'm saying, something like that, where he is doing machinations, but because they don't know who he is, like Loki's the only person, and now Ant-Man is the only person who knows who he is. They just see a guy, and we, the audience, go like, oh, shit, it's Kang. <laughs> and, but the other people are like, oh, hey, how's it going, you know, guy, and then moves on. Yeah. Mr. Griffin would be great for that. Yeah. 
Hartin. Y'all got anything out? No. No, I think that's it. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm good. Jeremy, where can they find you at? Uh they can find me on Twitch under the handle Night Fury GTO. That's Night with a K. And you can find me here. Richard, where can they find you at? Uh you can find me on Twitter if you want to contact me directly. My handle is Night Curry. Night like day and night, and curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to check us out on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, you can check us out under the Comically Comics podcast name. Awesome. You can find me on Instagram and eBay at 22 underscore comics. You can also find me on YouTube at 22 comics. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. With all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. <laughs> and I saw a little Tiffany. I'm thinking, you know, eight-year-old white girl, middle of the ghetto, bunch of monsters, this time of night with quantum physics books. She about to start some shit, Zed.